Namaste. Welcome to Buddha's teaching. My name is Soti Tim. First of all, I'd like to pay respect to the Triple Gems. I'd like to pay respect to the Buddha. I'd like to pay respect to the Dharma. And I'd like to pay respect to the Sangha. Hello again, everyone. It's good to be here again with you all. That means we are all living and breathing in this particular moment that you are able to hear, you are able to listen, and I'm able to share, I'm, I'm, I'm able to talk. So, we still here, living and breathing. So, to that, Namaste, right? Okay, so how are you doing with your ongoing practice and your ongoing uh, studying, um, doing the observing of your own mind activity day to day? week to week, do you notice any improvement or you uh, sort of like stall, hit the wall, don't seem to see any progress. So how are you doing? Do How do you know if you are making progress or how do you know if uh, you're not going anywhere in the in the study or in in your practicing in as as in anything uh, it's there's always bump and obstacle on the road it doesn't matter what journey you take there's always thing that sometime can slow you down or stop you on your track for a moment. So that is part of life. That is the Dharma, right? That uh, we cannot avoid. There are things that happen that sort of uh, make us wonder what, why is it that uh, we are not making progress or anything like that. Okay. But everything happens for a reason, as we all know that, right? There's cause and effect. Whatever we experience, whatever we encounter, right? Um, that is part of the journey. It's nothing else. There's nothing that is exceptional. There's nothing that uh, should not happen. It's all in the journey. So, as long as we understand that and we come to accept it and we keep going, one uh, little drop of uh, water at a time, eventually your bucket will be filled. But it does take discipline, it does take 
commitment in our part. Okay, in our part, in order for us to continue, in order for us to advance. And what is it that uh, we are advancing? Right. Okay, so first of all, the very first thing that the Buddha uh, wants us to learn is, of course, the word dukkha, suffering, right? The first noble truth. That is the very first thing that we all need to understand, that we all need to realize for ourselves that there is dukkha. What is that dukkha? And and is that something that you want to be done with to have nothing more to do with dukkha or suffering, right? Because if we do not come to that realization and we think that um yeah there are some suffering in life right but there's also part of life that is uh, happy and enjoy you know and, and full of uh, you know uh, excitement and all that stuff it means that we still do not understand what dukkha is yet Right, we still do not understand what the Buddha um, uh, referred to or tried to explain to us what dukkha means, even though in the moment of happiness, in the moment that we enjoy stuff, enjoy uh, whatever that we we have or we celebrate, we do we still do not see the dukkha in it. Okay, so that is something that we have to continue and keep working and keep looking at the true nature of suffering, of dukkha, and why Buddha said, uh, you know, life is suffering and life is dukkha. Um, once we can see the truth in it, and that would be the probably the first uh, 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 would be our first realization um, of what the teaching is all about, and then that is when one would try to liberate oneself from cycle of dukkha right but as long as we still uh, think that no I agree some to what the Buddha said but not a hundred percent because I uh, because there are happiness in life it's not always totally uh, dukkha then we do still do not understand uh, what the Buddha taught. Okay, so the word dukkha or suffering 
in this term as I have mentioned before is not exactly what we think right in I believe in, in previous episode uh, one other thing that I have mentioned is uh, the, the maintenance the upkeep of the physical body okay so as soon as we are born dukkha arise is because there's upkeep there's maintenance that we have to keep provide providing to the body or otherwise the body will break down without food without water one day two days you will see the suffering coming on strong right and we the body would not last very long without the necessary uh, you know, nutrient and inputs into it so that's part of that's the one part of the of dukkha or suffering that the buddha referred to and of course also the dukkha that arise from the mental activity the the attachment that we have to the sense pleasure right to the sense pleasure that we do not recognize that that is a dukkha is an attachment to the sense pleasure that we keep chasing right and because of that our desire gets stronger and stronger every day since we keep chasing all this worldly experiences the worldly desire and that's what keeps us in the cycle of samsara because we can never have enough so even though we have success here and there but within that as if we ponder on it you know into it then we can recognize that you know there's the there's a lot of pain and suffering and sacrifices that goes into those temporary um happiness joy or uh, whatever that uh, we call happy right so yeah it does sound negative right but a lot of time the truth is kind of uh, difficult to swallow right it's, it's, it's like that now it doesn't mean that okay we are to deny life as it is life since we are already born into this world and we are fortunate enough to be born as a human being and not a as animal in the animalariums or anything we have that special intelligence that allow us to um, to recognize this to at least understand this right that uh, there is happiness and what is this material happiness okay what is uh, the the root of this uh, happiness that we call right on in this world which is which can cause a lot of suffering to ourselves and to uh, many others around us 
us when we do not understand what that uh, always fleeting and fading happiness that we keep uh, on chasing. So, like, um, for example, let me read something that I that caught my eyes. Uh, let's see. One of the little paragraph here from uh, the website puredharma.net, right? I mentioned a couple of times in my uh, previous podcast. So this is one of the, uh, the paragraph that says, they talk about the sense pleasure. Okay. Uh, okay. So let's see. Through countless rebirths, we have cultivated a craving for sense pleasures that inevitably lead to the five hindrances that cover our minds and not letting us see the real nature of this world. Sense pleasures have the following key characteristics. They are definitely pleasurable. For example, the sense experience is palpable and enjoyable. The Buddha himself said that beings will not be trapped in this suffering fear rebirth process unless they are seduced by these pleasurable sense contacts. The price we pay for that happy feeling is that the mind gets excited and restless. Okay, so that's the price that we pay for the happy feeling. The mind gets excited and restless. Furthermore, that pleasurable feeling cannot be maintained for long times. We get tired of it no matter what it is. Think about anything. Food, sex, movie, any any kinds of um, activities okay, that we go to do. And you will realize that soon we would have had enough of it and we just move on to some other pleasurable activity or just take a rest. Right? So that little paragraph, that little, those, the last sentence there um, points you to the impermanence of the uh, material's happiness, right? The, the happiness, the worldly happiness or the happiness that uh, we, we, we refer to as temporary. The, you know, that most of us um, try to achieve through wealth, through marriage, through status, popularity, and all that, right? So, um, okay, so continue. So, um, but that experience is addictive, right? So the pleasurable feeling is addictive. It's actually, it's very addictive, right? Okay. The urge to do it again comes back very strong at later time. If we cannot experience it at that time, 
we at least tend to recall the past experience and try to enjoy that. This is due to the fact that we have a reservoir of mental impurities, or in the in the Pali word called kilesa. Okay, kilesa, k i l e s a, kilesa or mental impurities or mental uh, yeah, longings in our minds. Until one can realize the dangers in at least excessive sense pleasures, one's mind is easily tempted by those sense pleasures. Okay, one is afraid that one will miss out on the sense pleasures. And that's a fact, right? Until one can, I'm going to read again, until one can realize the dangers in at least excessive sense pleasures, one's mind is easily tempted by those sense pleasures. One is afraid that one will miss out on the sense pleasure. So with that, we keep on chasing more and more and more. And those are the temporary happiness that we may or may not get. And as for most of the people, when we get what we chase after, we identify those as success in our lives. Okay, and that's this the happiness that people point to is that see those are the happinesses in in uh, in our lives okay so why why that why do you say that uh, life is suffering there is happiness in there so that, those are the kind of happiness that people would point to okay so, <clears throat> with that, we must understand. We we need to understand that if we as as long as we do not grasp, we cannot understand the 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 word dukkha or suffering that the Buddha referred to. We we will not try to find a way or we will not have this feeling of okay uh, uh, I, I'm sort of have uh, enough of this uh, cycle of this uh, chasing uh, I'm getting I'm kind of tired of this uh, sense pleasure that we keep chasing after over and over and over again and come back and do repeat the same thing over and over again. Um, because doing that is tiring and it's caused a lot of mental issue, it causes a lot of pain, okay, big and small, you know, to ourselves and to others, okay. So until we come to a realization or a like an awakening moment um, that okay there's something not right okay that about 
about what we are chasing after. Things that keep it's like uh you keep it's like the 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 donkey that keep chasing the dangling carrots in front of in front of him or in front of her. It keeps going after that prize. Right? It keeps going after the prize but can't seem to get a a, a a firm grip on it okay once in a while you get a, a little lick to the carrot that is dangling in front or maybe you get a little bite here and there from the carrot that is swinging in front it's difficult and, and, until once realize oh, okay i need to stop okay so the donkey needs to stop to need to realize that okay, this is not worth chasing. Right, this dangling carrot in front is not worth chasing after. Okay, so that is the moment that uh, at least one needs to realize. Right, or say, okay, there's gotta be something else that we can have a firm grip onto instead of keep chasing something that is always uh, out of reach. Okay? Because as we all know, the temporary happiness that we all experience in this life, the life in this world, they never stay. They stay, they happen for a period of time and it's gone. And that includes everything. It includes love, it includes our families, includes our husbands and wives, boyfriends and girlfriends, right? Um, Children and parents, they all come and they all go, including you. Everything is changing, one happiness, and then disappear. There's nothing that is you can really hold on to. You would feel like you are in the middle of, an, of, a, of a, a big ocean that you can't seem to grab hold on to something that is secure, that is stable. Okay? It's always out of reach. That's what Dukkha is. It's always out of reach. Everything that is happening on this planet, planet Earth, okay, it happens and it's gone. It happens and it's gone. It's always changing. You see? It's always changing. So, once... When one realizes that and say, okay, um, I need to find a different way. I need a way out of this uh, instability, right? The, the, out of this uh, quicksand that I'm, st- I'm, I'm in, seems like you can't have a foothold onto the ground. So need a way out. Okay, so 
need a way out. Until that moment, then one will not pursue or try to find a way out. Okay, and that's how it is. That's the way it is. If you don't want out, you're not gonna find a way out. If you still uh, think that hey, this is life. This is you know how it is. This is pleasurable. This is good. Okay, happy family, good job, and all that. Okay, it's, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong against having family, against having high-paying job, having lots of money. There's nothing. There's nothing. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Okay, but if that is the ultimate goal. Then eventually you will come to some kind of realization that you're gonna lose it all at one point. Okay, you're gonna lose it all. So that's what dukkha is, right? Dukkha is everything is changing like that. It's because there is nothing that we can hold on to. Okay? It's always our reach that we have to keep on chasing. Alright? So, with that, when, when once realize that, that's at least... And that is only the first step. Okay, and that's not the that's not the end. That's only the first step to realize that and say, okay, how do I get out of here? Uh, yes, it's it's fine as I am in here right now. It is my obligation. It is my duty to to uh uh to handle. Uh, the best that I can do, the situation that I'm in, okay, the situation that we're all in, okay, we do what we can to support our lives and everyone around us, right? To provide and not to cause harm, right? Yes, at least we can do that. Okay, but then as we know, okay, since everything is changing and fading away and there's nothing permanent, so what is it that I can do? Because, you know, you have to have some kind of feeling of tiredness, of the tiring of what? Of you know what goes on in a, in a in a way. You know, I mean, it's like okay. Uh, like you you're running all the time. It's like you're running and you're running all the time until one day you say okay. Um. I'm tired of running. 
okay and then do stop okay like one of the what is it one of the song i think bob seagull that you're running against the wind right i think that you would feel after a while you feel that you're always running against the wind you can never win in other words it's always uh, you always have to make effort and you have to keep pushing you know keep keep pushing you have to have you always struggling you know against the wind so that's what but when once you realize that and say uh, is there a different way is there a way out of this struggling is there a way out of this cycle of repeated cycle of uh, chasing pleasure sense pleasure chasing after uh, temporary happiness enjoyment is there a way okay so when one comes to that question mark then that's where buddha's teaching comes in right the first noble truth now the person understand that dukkha okay suffering in as in the first noble truth and what is the cause of that right the second noble truth the cause of this uh, struggling the cause of this that make you running that make us running non-stop like a hamster on a wheel all the time running against the wind right what is the cause of it right so now so now we have to find the cause and then the teaching will lead us to see that yes there is the end of that running there is the end of that struggling okay there is the end of it and how do we end it and there is a way out see that's what the buddha thought there is a way out that's the fourth noble truth so that way out is of course as we all know is the eightfold noble path right so that's why that is when one start to walk the path okay start to do there okay um, I have enough of playing the game of this samsara I have enough of playing the of repeating the cycle of this temporary happiness because 
in between this temporary happiness, I have also experienced plenty of pains and suffering in between. And don't want to play these games anymore. Okay, need to find a way out. That's when you start the the journey. That's when you start, right? And the path is the eightfold normal path. So I have another little written note that I took from listening uh, uh, from a, a Dharma talk by one of the, well, he, one of the uh, ex-monk. He was a monk that I, I learned from him a lot, a Cambodian monk. So let me see what I wrote down here. He said, way out, the way out of sufferings. Okay. Is to let go of the cause of suffering. Okay. So that is the way out of suffering. Is, the let, is to let go of the cause of the suffering. Okay. So it, and then said, Suffering is not what we need to let go. Right? Uh, uh, let me read again. Suffering is not what we need to let go. It's what we need to know. Right? We need to know what suffering is. It's not what, what we need to let go. We first have to know what suffering is, what dukkha is. As I have just, uh, you know, talked about. We first need to know what suffering is. So suffering is not what we need to let go. But it's what we need to know. Truly know what suffering or dukkha means. Now after that, after we know, after we understand what dukkha is, what suffering is, and then we what we, we proceed to do is to let go of the source of suffering. Right? We let go of the source of the cause of the suffering. The suffering itself is not something that we let go. But we go to the source that caused that suffering, right? And we let go of that cause. Okay? So, right there is first and second noble truth right there. So, the way out of suffering is, of course, the Eightfold Noble Path. Okay? So, we are living in sufferings with our mind and, um, and mind objects. Okay? We're living in suffering 
with because of our mind uh, with our mind and our mind objects. There's a saying that let go of desire win over all sufferings. Okay? So the saying that say this, that say let go of desire win over all the suffering. What does that mean? It means that wisdom will go in to eradicate all the attachment to the mind objects. Okay? Let me go over again. Let me start again from the beginning of this sentence here. We are living in sufferings with our mind and mind objects. Okay, you follow me? Now, for those of you who have uh, listened to my previous many, many podcasts before, the mind and the mind objects. We know that the mind objects come to the mind through the five sense doors, right? And of course, plus the memory that we have, so that's the sixth sense, right? So the mind objects are everything that the mind experiences, correct? What we see, what we hear, what we smell, what we taste, what we feel with our body, all right? Those experiences call the mind objects, right? So those mind's objects come into contact and through to, to, to the sixth sense of mind through a five sense doors, right? So the experience or the the mind objects come into contact with our mind inside. Okay, so there's connection there. Okay, there's a string there that comes in, whoop, it goes through the eye, whatever you see, it goes all the way in into your mind. Your mind perceives it. Okay? So, as the saying say, let go of desire win over all suffering. Is that wisdom will go in to eradicate all attachment to mind objects. So normally for us, for our ordinary mind, once we receive the experiences, when we perceive the objects, the mind objects, whatever we experience, we have attachment to it. Okay, what we see, what we hear, what we, you know, smell, taste, or feel, automatically we have attachment to it. Okay? And attachment means we develop likes or dislikes. Both of them are attachment. Okay? But wisdom that arises through from from the practice of the Eightfold Path, will go in to 
several or to eradicate that attachment okay to cut off that attachment all right so that's why you I'm sure have heard of the word of the phrase or the saying before that let's just seeing be seeing let's just hearing be hearing let's just smelling be smelling tasting be tasting and the the feeling of the the body is just that okay if that's that what it means that this you can this let's there be seeing but there's no attachment that's what the practice that we need to do and it's not easy as we all know that because it goes so fast what we see what we see or what we hear boom we have reaction right away from our mind right so there we go or another word that I have meant that I have uh, made a different interpretation the mind objects those are the triggers right they triggers our mind and our mind react it makes our mind react like dislike or nor neither like or nor dislike so we all have those three feelings like dislike or neutral okay so that is what we need to understand we need to study from the eightfold noble path okay so what is it that has that is this mind doing understand the function of the mind okay because our way of life of ordinary uh, people's life we have attachment we have attachment to sense pleasure we have attachment to of course uh, families children parents wives and husband um, you know grandkids uh, fiance boyfriend girlfriend all that and the material stuff okay but that's what keep us in this loop of never-ending dukkha or suffering and the way out of it is through understanding the true nature of this phenomena right our body and our mind the impermanence of the body the impermanence of the mind the impermanence of our beings and the impermanence of our things right and that would lead us to calm us down once we can grasp on the idea of impermanence of the ever always changing phenomenon of life 
then we can calm down and we can find a different feeling and we come down to what we call a different kind of the Pali word called sukha or happiness but it's not the same kind of sukha or happiness from the attachment that we have achieved in our worldly life okay this the word sukha or happiness has different meaning sukha happy or happiness we can let's say you have you you got a car you're happy so that is a form of sukha a form of happiness and that happiness come from you gaining something okay so that is one form of sukha but there's another form of sukha that you don't gain anything okay it's a sukha that you come to a realization of not gaining things but by seeing the the the, the truth okay by the this sukha here is special it's the opposite of the sukha from our daily life the sukha from our daily life such as we taste good food we are happy that is a form of sukha form of happiness we smell something good that's a form of sukha right happiness from smelling good something good or seeing something nice beautiful and all that that is one form of sukha or happiness which is always changing but another form of sukha is from seeing the truth the ultimate truth of all the underlying of all the phenomenon that by not having all of those worldly sukha you can still have sukha but it's different it's a realization on your part that that kind of sukha okay does not rely on anything it's always there and that is special that is different it's not the same kind as the world uh, the worldly sukha it's a sukha that come from a realization of the truth and then you come to accept you come to see the truth in it the true happiness in that and that true happiness is the underlying um, energy or foundation 
of all the temporary worldly sukha that we chasing after. That sounds ironic, kind of, right? It's it's weird, okay? It's also difficult to describe. But that sukha, for example, you can experience that kind of not worldly sukha, but a calm and uncraving, a not craving sukha, but it's just, it's just sukha or happiness that arise by itself, by from not craving. Okay, for example, let's say for people who meditate, they can experience that for a temporary temporary basis, on a temporary basis. If one can calm their mind down during meditation, you go into a, a deep med- samadhi meditation calming the mind down right and you get to one point that the mind is totally completely calm no more jumping around no more thinking no more craving about this and that or that right at one point when the mind settle down become calm peaceful and quiet okay nothing goes on it's silence in that that sukha arise in that moment that special sukha arise okay that special sukha does not arise from craving does not arise from you chase or from you getting anything. Not not getting a car, uh, getting married, uh, uh, job promotion, a big house, or anything. it's not that. This sukha is different. Okay, this sukha or happiness. Is, comes out from nothing. Out of silence. Peace, quiet, and calm. When the mind stops. Now, that is an example of if if you go into, if you do meditation and you get to that point, you know what I mean. And still, but still, that is not the ultimate goal. Okay? But that is an example of, of sukha, okay, which is the opposite of dukkha, sukha, okay. Sukha is the opposite of dukkha, but this sukha here is different from the worldly sukha that we all uh, chase after, the, the worldly happiness. It's the other kind. Okay, so in in meditation in jhana, you can experience that kind of sukha for a temporary uh, uh, moment also. It's not permanent either. See, but at least you can experience or you can get a taste of 
what real sukha means, although it's not permanent. All right, although it's not permanent, but you get to understand what it is. Okay, when the mind becomes peaceful and quiet, reside in the silence. Okay, no craving, no longing, no belonging, and just there. That is the ultimate sukha. But that only happens when you are in the jhana. Once you come out from the jhana or from the deep meditation, you back to the designing world again. And your mind is going again. Right? Your mind can go again, go off again and uh, chasing after this and that or liking and dislike the the mind back uh, comes back to its natural function of thinking of craving of worrying of upsetting agitate angry and all that right so that is an example of the ultimate sukha that if we want if want is tired become tired of the chasing of the craving that our mind keeps going after one thing after another and of course the mind identify itself with all those material stuff and material and the body that it's occupied runs so it just you know go on and on but once the mind becomes clear sharp quiet and silent that is when true wisdom arises and see the ultimate truth of sukha, where true sukha or happiness lies. There's no more chasing, no more running, no more struggling. See, that's different. So let's see what else I need to write off. So it's the cut off of the connection between the mind and the mind objects. And in order for wisdom to arise, so I'm just reading from the note I took, we have to study the Dharma of the Triple Gems, of course. We have to be able to see that all contacts of the mind objects uh, in this Dharma study. Because our understanding of the Dharma is weak, we have to keep learning and observing of these external mind objects. The reason our attachment keep increasing is because 
we are living in this what we call assumed world or the conventional world, right? It's not the ultimate world. It's a conventional world or the world that we assume that this thing exists, that thing exists like the car, the house, or you as, you know, Johnny or Susie exists. But the, in ultimate reality, nothing exists, right? right? You went over that before. There is, in this assumed world, there is you and there is me. There is yours and there is mine. So that kind of world we need to get away from. Okay, so when wisdom arrives to see the Dharma, the natural process of mind and mind objects, there's no more feeling that you are trying because wholesome mind is a mind that is healthy. Yeah, so once you get to see what Sukha is, then you automatically just, you come to the realize, oh, okay, that's what it is. Yeah, you don't have to make effort to see what it is, but you see it, you experience it, you know. Um, so, the other thing, little part that I wrote down is, if we look at the list, of the wholesome mind faculties, right? The mind faculties, you know, remember uh, we went over that many times. The, the, the 52 mind faculties that we have, right? That, that is uh, divided into three groups, wholesome, unwholesome, and the uh, neutral one that applies to both, right? If you look at the list of the wholesome mind faculties, we can see that none of them cause suffering, but wholesome deeds. So what that means is that if you practice the Eightfold Noble Path, and you look into you know, the, the mind faculties, and you can see that the faculties, the mind faculties in the wholesome group, they all cultivate and generate wholesome wholesome karma wholesome deeds that lead us to a liberation of our mind that lead us away from attachment from clinging and longing okay so if you have forgot them i suggest you go back and check the list of the wholesome mind faculties Okay, so that's plenty for today. Until next time, namaste. Mm-hmm.